Welcome to the Littles Love Learning Podcast, the place to be if you want to teach your child to read and write correctly and effectively based on the science of reading. My name's Erin, and I'm a former classroom teacher with my master's degree in early childhood education and over 15 years experience. And although I'm no longer in the classroom full-time, I spend my days subbing, tutoring, volunteering, and working with students on their literacy skills. I am passionate about helping parents like you understand how kids learn to read and write in the right way, because yes, there is a right way. Each week we'll tackle the most important topics in early literacy, including the best way to teach letters and sounds, the difference between sight words and high frequency words, and why spelling and handwriting should not be skipped. Are you ready to help your child become a strong reader? Then let's dive into today's episode. I wanted to talk with you about journal writing, specifically in preschool and pre-K. I wanted to talk a little bit about what I see as best practices for journal writing, what to do before we get to journal writing, how journal writing relates to handwriting and how it's different, and some ideas that you might want to incorporate with your little ones, either at home or in your classroom. So let's dive in. So let's take a step backward. Before we ever have our little ones keep a journal where we're asking them to write and draw on it, we really wanna make sure that they have developed the muscles in their hands and their wrists, those fine motor skills, so that they are actually able to complete the task that we're asking them to complete. Because writing and drawing is definitely not easy, especially for our littlest ones. So we wanna make sure that they have developed enough fine motor skills that they're able to accomplish that task. So, A suggestion for you before you ever introduce journal writing is to keep a fine motor journal with your little ones. A fine motor journal is different. It's not asking them to write and draw, it's asking them to do other activities that are going to develop those fine motor skills. It's really fun because there's no pressure on our little ones to have to write and draw in a certain way. They get to do these other activities that they love. So, To keep a fine motor journal, you could either use just a regular spiral bound notebook. These are usually really inexpensive around back to school time. And it's nice because they lay flat when you have them open on the table. You could also just take pieces of white paper, staple them together and create a journal that way. It doesn't have to be fancy. If you do it this way, you wanna make sure that when you open it, you kind of crease it down for your little ones because you just don't want these pages to kind of close when it's open, you want it to lay flat. For our example today, I'm gonna show you a composition notebook that has this primary lined paper in it as a fine motor journal. Again, you could use whatever you have that's available. But in the fine motor journal, you are going to be having your little ones do different activities that will develop those fine motor skills. So let's talk about a few. You could have them pull stickers off a sticker sheet and put them on there Kids love to do that. If they need a little bit of help, especially for our littlest ones, you can pull off the backing. You see this blue backing on the sticker sheet? You can pull that off all the way down. And then when they go to take the sticker off, it's gonna be a little bit easier because they won't have to worry about this backing. So that's an option if your little ones need more support. If you do have them put stickers on, Another thing you might want them to do is to circle the stickers or draw lines connecting the stickers. All of this is building up their fine motor skills and also helping them with their pre-writing development. Another great one are stamps. I have a great set of stamps that I'll link down below. They have letters and numbers. Little ones love stamping. 
We could use dot markers. If you're gonna use dot markers for an activity in a fine motor journal, you might wanna make sure you can leave it open to dry before they close it, because these are a little wet when you first put them on. So if you close it, it might get the other page um, painted. So just make sure that you let it dry a little bit. You could also use tape, have them rip the tape and put it on there. That's really fun. See what they can create with it. Hole punching, I don't know if you can see that, but this page has hole punches in it. Little ones love to use hole punchers. I don't know what it is about them, but they love it. That's really fun. You could have them tear paper, just rip it with their hands and glue it on here. You could have them cut paper and glue it on here. Maybe you draw lines on the paper that they have to cut, or maybe they get to cut whatever they want and glue it on here. Four scissor options, let me show you. If your little ones can't use scissors yet, they're not there. These circle scissors are really great. I will link them down below. You can just squeeze them and they will cut. That's developing those fine motor skills. These scissors are really great because they can be used as regular scissors. But if you put this up, then they bounce back. So that is a little bit more support. I think I got these at the Dollar Tree. I also have a little piece of tape right here where their thumb needs to go to help them remember. The tape goes up so that their thumb goes here and the tape is pointing up because we don't want them cutting this way. We want them cutting with their elbow down. So those are some good supports as well. Other things we can do in here, we can have them make lines because when they're making these lines, they are working on those alphabet strokes and they don't even realize it. You can have them try to copy a line. So for example, this line here, this activity is one of the fall activities that I like kids to do, where I actually have them use a dry erase marker and they can trace the line on here. But I could also put this out at the table and I could have them try to recreate this line in their journal. That would be really fun. If you have just a little one at home or you have a smaller class and you're able to, you can make lines out of highlighter and then have them trace those lines or just dots where they have to connect. You can have them draw shapes. Shapes are really great because they're also helping them with those pre-writing skills. And when they're ready, you can have them practice their letters. I know, for example, with my little guy, when he was in preschool, he had a hard time making the uppercase letter A because he would draw this diagonal line, but then he would go up here and try to draw another diagonal line this way. And so it always looked like it was leaning over and he was getting frustrated. So just by putting these three dots, he was able to draw a line here, draw a line here, and then he knew to draw the line in the middle. So you could do something like that as well to give more support. So those are just a few ideas. I'm sure you could come up with a million more of things they could do. Now, the fun part about this is that it's all kept in one place. I know that we do all of these types of activities all day long, especially in preschool and pre-K, but to have it all in one place is really fun for the kids to look back on. And if you're a teacher, you can show that development to the parents and, and you can see how far they've come with their fine motor skills. So again, fine motor skills first. If you teach little ones and you're thinking of keeping a journal, really evaluate, are they ready for the drawing and writing part or do they need to just have something like this for a fine motor journal? It would be a great idea to keep something like this maybe for the first semester 
or maybe even longer before you transition to a regular journal. So just some things to think about. So while you're having your little ones keep this fine motor journal, in conjunction with that, it's really important to be teaching them correct handwriting instruction. So you're teaching them the correct strokes for how to make the letters. Now, I know some people are going to disagree with me on that, and that is perfectly fine. There are some educators who don't believe that you should have any handwriting instruction in preschool or pre-K, and that it should wait until kindergarten. What I will say to that is that all of the kindergarten teachers that I know, and I've seen many share online, in kindergarten, they start with lowercase letters from day one. They start with lowercase letters because they're teaching these kindergartners to read and all of the books that they read are going to be in lowercase. So for kindergarten teachers and their curriculum, they know they wanna teach the little ones the letters and the sounds that represent those letters and how to print those letters and they do it in lowercase, which is great, that's wonderful. But where does that leave uppercase letters? Our capital letters, that is what little ones need to learn first. Capital letters are much easier for our little ones to form. They all start in the same position up at the top, whereas lowercase letters can start either at the top or in the middle. They all occupy the same vertical space, meaning they're about the same height, whereas lowercase letters might be a tall letter or they might start at the middle line and just take up the middle to the bottom. There's so many different strokes with lowercase letters. They're so much more complex. So if our little ones are in preschool and pre-K and they don't have any handwriting instruction and they go to kindergarten, they start with the lowercase letters. It's going to be so much more frustrating to them because they don't have the foundation of the uppercase letters before they learn the lowercase letters. So it's really, really important that we in preschool and especially pre-K are teaching those strokes. I really love the handwriting without tears curriculum. This is what I use because it has, not only does it have a great workbook that is helping with these handwriting strokes and teaching the correct way to form the letter so our little ones can practice on paper, but it also has, if you would like to purchase it, a chalkboard and it has this cute little smiley face because all the letters are gonna start at that smiley face and come down. And it also comes with these wooden pieces and you can form every single uppercase letter with these wooden pieces. So it makes it really hands-on. And it actually has in the book pictures of how to do that so that they can see how to use the wooden pieces to form the letters. Now I'm not associated at all with handwriting without tears. I'm just sharing what I love and what I use because it works. If we, in pre-K, especially our four-year-olds who are going to kindergarten next year, if we can focus on those uppercase letters and we can get those really solid, they are gonna transition to the lowercase letters so much easier when they get to kindergarten. They're already going to have the correct foundation and the correct base of knowledge. That's why I think if you're doing a fine motor journal and you're doing handwriting instruction for the first part of your year, especially in pre-K, then you can transition to journal writing in the second part of the year, your little ones are already going to know how to form the letters. Because again, this is my opinion, so you might not agree with me, but I don't think it makes sense to have our little ones writing letters when they don't know how to form the letters. 
If we ask our little ones to write and draw in a journal, but we haven't yet taught them how to write those letters, they are gonna try 100%. They are gonna try to form those letters and they're going to do it incorrectly because they're not going to know the proper strokes. Of course, why would they? They're just looking at the letter and trying to recreate it as best they can. The majority of them are gonna start at the bottom and go to the top. They're gonna have way more strokes than they need because they're going to try to recreate it without knowing that you can go back up and down a line or that you can take your pencil off the paper. They don't know that because we haven't taught them. So if we are going to be moving toward this goal of them having their own journal, then we wanna make sure we have that fine motor journal, that they have really developed those fine motor skills and that we have done handwriting instruction I'm just talking about the uppercase letters, handwriting instruction for the uppercase letters so they have that solid. If we can get to lowercase letters in pre-K because you have a really advanced class, that's great, that is wonderful, but that is not as necessary. I think the uppercase letters are very necessary because if they go to kindergarten and no one is teaching them uppercase letters or maybe they're just quickly reviewing, they are missing that whole base of knowledge that they really need to have. That's why I think fine motor journals, handwriting instruction, they go together and then we can move on to journal time. So let's say now we are ready to transition to a journal that we have done the fine motor journals and we've done the handwriting instruction. Our little ones are working on it. They're not perfect, but they're working on it and we want to keep a regular journal. That's great. So again, some options. You could use spiral bound notebook. You can use your paper stapled together. You can also use a primary journal like this. Some teachers might find that these lines are a little bit too small for them to write on. Maybe they're writing a little bit bigger, so maybe you don't wanna worry about these yet. Totally your choice. But whatever you have, you wanna make sure that your little ones are getting to choose what they write and draw about. So in the past, I know for me, when I taught first and second grade, I used to give my students a prompt and I would have them complete the prompt, fill in the sentence or answer the question or whatever it was, and it would usually be going along with the season or the holiday coming up or our theme in class. And I would have them do that in their journal. But what I've learned since then is that it's really, really important that our little ones get to choose what they write and draw about. If we want to instill this love of writing in them and this love of expression, personal expression, and we want them to see how their ideas can become manifest on this paper, then we wanna give them free reign about what they write and draw about. Now that's not to say we can't gently guide them. If we have a little one who is always writing and drawing the exact same thing, we can give them ideas, things that they can write about. Maybe they wanna write about family or friends or pets or food. There are so many ideas, but if they know that they wanna write about monster trucks or they wanna write about dinosaurs and draw about that, then that's great. We want them to have that freedom. This journal is really about that freedom, that expression for them to draw and write. Now, since we've already done handwriting instruction, what we can do is here is we can try to encourage them to say the word that they're trying to write and especially try to get that beginning sound, match it to a letter to write that letter down. They can do more, that's great. But let's say they drew a monster truck, we're gonna help them listen to those sounds. Monster truck. Mm, what does it start with? And then we want them to be able to match that to an M. 
That is pretty advanced. Not all pre-K students are going to be able to do that, but if they can, that's so great because it's really reinforcing that alphabetic principle that the sound in monster truck is spelled with the letter M. Then they know how to form the letter M because we've taught them the correct handwriting and they can see it on their paper that it goes with the monster truck. It's magic. It just all ties together. So it's really, really cool when we can see all of the pieces working together and then we see it on the paper. So if we can give our students free reign over what they write and draw about, that is really going to have a positive impact on their love of writing. A few other considerations when you're doing journal time. One, you might want to get a stamp that has the date on it. You can just kind of turn it and it will change the date and then just stamp the date into here instead of having them write the date. And the reason I bring this up is because I have seen before students take their entire journal writing time just trying to copy the date from the board because our months, November, October, September, they are very long. They have a lot of letters. And so copying that date in there will take a while. But if you wanted to mark the passage of time so you can see their development, those stamps are really cool. And you can just stamp in there the date. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that some teachers will use journal writing time as a copying a sentence time. So maybe they write a sentence on the board or they write a sentence on a paper and they want their students to write it in the journal. Now, like I mentioned before, if we give our students a chance to write and draw about whatever they want, it's gonna be a lot more meaningful. It's also more meaningful if they can try to spell the words on their own. If we are writing a sentence and having them copy it in their journal, most of the time that sentence is not going to have all decodable words. So if we use a sentence that has phonics skills that we haven't taught our kids yet and they can't read it, they're just blindly copying the letters into their book. And if I ask them, oh, what does this say? They wouldn't be able to read it to me. Then it doesn't have meaning. It's not meaningful. It's just copy. So we really don't want that. We want them to have that meaningful experience where they get to choose on their own. And the last thing that I was going to bring up as an option, if you wanted, you could have your little ones write their name in their journal every day. You don't have to if you practice names at other times during the day, but I think it's important to practice names every day that you see your little ones. Um, so you could have them write their name in their journal before they write and draw. And I wanted to show you over on my website, again, that's littleslovelearning.com, I do have these free editable name cards. So you could go in, you download the PDF, you type in your little one's name, you can print it out and then put it in front of them so that they have it there so they can write their name if they need help with the spelling. These cards are really cool. Like I said, they're editable. So this student was ready for the conventional way of writing his name, capital letter and the rest lowercase. However, the majority of our students are probably going to need all capital letters when they're writing their name to begin with. If we are doing handwriting instruction with capital letters, then we want them to write their name with capital letters because we want them to write it correctly, the correct pencil strokes. If our little ones are ready to move beyond that and they're ready to learn the correct pencil strokes for the lowercase letters, that's great. Then you can teach them this conventionally. And I know a lot of preschool and pre-K teachers try to get there before our little ones move on to kindergarten because the kindergarten teachers ask us to have the students coming in writing their name conventionally. But what I will say to that is that it's much better for a pre-K student to write their name in all capital letters correctly, knowing how to form each of those letters correctly. That's more important than having them write it conventionally if they don't know how to form the letters. 
if they don't know the right pencil strokes. Because I'm sure you've seen this, but it's so common for our little ones to write the letters the way they think they're supposed to be without that instruction. So maybe for an A, they have a circle and then they just add that line at the bottom. Or for an N, they start at the bottom, they come up and around, and then they add the little part up here. So they're doing their very best to mimic the letters, but they haven't actually learned the correct pencil strokes. Now, I would argue that it's much better for them to write their name in all capital letters correctly than to write it incorrectly with lowercase letters. And I think kindergarten teachers would appreciate if they don't have those bad habits going into the year. I know some kindergarten teachers will say that it's very hard to break our students of the habit of writing their name in all capital letters. And they'll say they would much prefer them to not do that. But if you think about it, the all capital letter writing their name, that's just a developmental milestone. That's just on the road to getting it to conventional. Maybe they're not ready for conventional yet. So I know it might be a little bit of annoyance to some of our kindergarten teachers, but I promise you we're not doing it to be annoying. We wanna make sure they can write in all capital letters their name correctly, and then we'll move them on to the conventional way. And if we don't get there before kindergarten, we know you'll do a great job of teaching them in kindergarten since you are probably working right on those lowercase letters from the beginning. So I think it all works out. Oh, and I forgot to mention one thing you might wanna have on the table when your little ones are doing journal writing time. Grab an alphabet chart. This one is free from my website, littleslovelearning.com, and make sure that they have access to it at their table. That way, when they are writing and they're trying to determine how to spell a word, let's say monster truck, they can say monster truck. They know it's mmm, so maybe they need help finding the mmm, or maybe they know it's an mmm. M, but they don't know what an M looks like. Maybe they've forgotten. So definitely keep something like this around so that they have that resource where they can find the letter and it can help them form the letter correctly on their paper. If you have an alphabet chart on the wall, that's super great as well, but having it right in front of them is going to be much easier for them than having to look around or having to get up and go find that letter. So that's a freebie. Definitely go and download it. So there you go. Those are all of my ideas for you for journal writing time. Just a quick recap. I think you should start with a fine motor journal where you're really helping develop the muscles in the wrists and the hands of your little ones. In conjunction with that, you're working on handwriting instruction for the uppercase letters, making sure that they can form the letters correctly. And then since you've worked on both of those together, then you can transition to journal writing time, maybe toward second semester or toward the end of the year, and you're letting them write and draw whatever they want in their journal and helping them to maybe start pulling apart the sounds and maybe matching the sounds with letters if possible. That's great for beginning phonemic awareness skills. If you disagree with me on these points, that is totally fine. All of us early childhood educators are trying to do our best for our little ones with our classes or with our little ones at home. And so Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. For more information on helping your child learn to read, head over to my website, littleslovelearning.com. While you're there, don't forget to join my email list so you stay up to date with all things early literacy. You can also find me over on Instagram at littleslovelearningblog. Happy learning!